0: Happy Sabbath. Jamaa Jamgei. Jamgei Vincent Jamgei. <laughs> 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 Happy Sabbath. Happy day. Happy day. Happy Sabbath. Uh, for those of us who had the privilege of growing in the village. We are really endowed in several fronts. And uh, one of them is owning the second and the third names we have been given. We can demonstrate that indeed they are ours, amen? Yeah. Uh, sometimes it bustles my mind. Especially the people from Yanza, the the those of us who are coming from Kisi and the other counties of Nyanza, Homa Bay, Migori, Kisumu and Siaya, and even Nyamira. I have said all the counties in Nyanza, right? You find most of us who are coming from that side if you happen to have to, to grow up in urban environment, maybe in Nairobi or even here in Nakuru, You can still find them still. They are capable of speaking their language. It's unfortunate when it comes to mine. It's a different story. (laughs) So maybe God knew why we were to grow in the village. Otherwise, I couldn't demonstrate that I am (laughs) Chepsyro. So that is the essence of it. May God bless them so much. And for those of us, my kinsmen, we need to pull up our socks. Amen? Amen? Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, it's very clear that I have, have, I have accepted a task that I cannot accomplish on my own. All I ask, Father, is that you send the Holy Spirit to be with us. Let him speak to us what the heaven has already planned for us, for this is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, within the sermon, there are two demonstrations that I will use so that we understand the points that the Holy Spirit intend to impart on us this Sabbath. The illustrations that I'll be using are more of a biological, but with I will be doing them with abundance of caution to use a simple language that all of us understand. Because I know not all of us have biological training in our experiences. So I'll tend to imply or I'll apply a topic that I was taught back long ago when I was finishing my undergraduate. In my last semester, there is a topic that I was taught called scientific communication. In the preamble of that topic was a sentence that goes, science is not science until it is communicated in a language that can be understood by the common man. So. I am not trying to say all of us who are seated here today are common men, they are scholars, amen? Amen. But I am trying to say that to the spirit of today's Sabbath, we will try to make them as simple as possible so that we get the concept of what God intends to do when we will be applying the biological principles of the Bible. Now for all of us, we are very familiar with how a building is being constructed, amen? Yeah, we know. We must have seen some mason somewhere trying to put a mortar and bricks. And when they have already hauled, then there is a building like this. But there is before a building becomes a building the way it is like this one where we are seated now, there was someone who sat first and drew the same building on a paper. It's called construction blueprint or plan. So it starts with a plan first. So there is somebody that must have imagined that a kind of a building of this nature should be built. And that person went ahead to sit down, take a pencil, take some several kinds of rulers, and he made the correct measurements of how the building is constructed. But without paper, can we say there is a building? It's not yet. There are others who now come in to implement the plan, and there it ends up to be a, bi- a building. So, in a biological process, it is the same thing. There is some instructions that are deep embedded in us that are called DNA. And those DNA are the very things that dictate whom we are today. So. All the people who are seated today in this building are as a result of basic instructions that are embedded in the deepest places of the cells called DNA. Amen? So, those DNA, metaphorically, we can call them the construction plan. Are we together? But now, when the muscles and the entire machinery came into play, which are the enzymes, then now you are here seated today as the building. Are we together? which we can see by our eyes. Are we together? So the DNA are the very basic instructions or the coded information, which it enables the construction of a human being. They contain information that when the enzyme reads in a very specific manner, it will guide them step-by-step on how a human being is created. Are we together? Now. How does that process come into play? There are those material, you receive them from both your mother and your father. So when the two genetic material combine, then the entire assembly process starts, and here you are today. Are we together? We will not explain the entire process. That is another story of another day. So the question is this, as this process is happening, I want to surprise you with one thing, that in all the information that it is contained in that DNA, it's only around 1.8% that it is used, and that is you. So from the 50% that you received from your mom and 50% that you received from your dad to make it 100%, it's only 1.8% that it is used as used today. Did you know that? It's only 1.8%. The rest are called junk or repetitive sequences that don't go for anything. But they have another role that we will not explain today because it's not important. Now, listen to this. For you to be whom you are today, for someone to say you are handsome or you are beautiful the way you are today, there is some instructions that are deep inside you that enable that word or that can make that word to be true that someone can say indeed you are handsome indeed you are beautiful amen so it means that for everything that you can see there must be something embedded in you that instructs that thing to come into place which is me and you today so there is one thing that i need us to understand here In the book of Ezra, chapter 7, verses 10, it says, And Ezra purposed in his heart to seek the law of God, not only to seek, but also to teach, to do it and also to teach the statutes and ordinances in the house of Israel. DNA of courage. DNA of courage. Now, this, what does that mean in essentially from what I've already explained? It means for you to have courage, for you to have courage to do something or to purpose to do something, there must be something, there must be something that must be implanted inside you. The deep side of you so that it can be demonstrated outside. Are we together? there must be some instructions which are metaphorically now the dna that should be implanted in you so that you can show that courage in action are we together otherwise the courage in itself can never come there must be some instructions or there must be some training that should be embedded deep inside you so that you can show that courage so Ezra here is coming at a very perilous time in the history of the children of israel they have been in captivity now for 70 years and now ezra as a leader is saying enough is enough with captivity we have to go back to jerusalem and construct a temple for god are we together so in those days you can't imagine that it was just a smooth ride don't you think within the children of israel there must have been some who are saying uh, ezra have you ever even thought of this plan well you think we are going to go back to Jerusalem and build a temple for the Lord? Don't you think there must be, have some, some people may have come there and taken over the place? Are we even able to go and overpower them so that we can construct the temple of the Lord? So there must have been pessimists and those people who are cowards, they are never courageous to do anything at that time. But Ezra is here coming and facing the problem head on and saying, Friends, it is enough of imagining. It's enough of planning only the blueprint on paper. It is time to take action. We make our feet moving in the direction of Jerusalem. And when we are there, we will build a temple for the Lord. Amen? So it is time for action. All the things that we have said all along, it is enough. We have already said them. It is now time to go back to Jerusalem and build a temple even as with Sati Sambon, let me make this point up top and very clear in our christianity there is this fallacy or there is this delusion that have been developed in our minds subconsciously that after prayer you can just sit down and everything else will just by a supernatural force will happen without our intervention or without our action Friends, until you take action in your Christian journey, there is nothing that is going to happen. Prayer is there only say that you pray to get courage. And after prayer, you feel some courage. Then you go ahead and face the problem head on. Otherwise, there is nothing that's going to happen. When you continue praying, sitting pretty, thinking that it will happen, it will never. Until you take a deliberate action to face the problem head on, nothing will happen. I may feel harsh or hard on you, but that's the truth. Most of us think like, you know, there is this guy, oh, we are even generally sinners who God even understands a little. Come on, until you take action, nothing will happen. Nothing will happen. Continue praying with that sister, but you are still living in the same room. Nothing will happen until you take action and say my sister we have taught enough it is time now that you rent room six i remain in room four amen otherwise there is nothing that's going to happen listen friends listen friends there is nothing that's going to happen however much you pray until you take action that point should be very clear to us you are addicted over something You are addicted in looking to movies? Until you take action, nothing will happen. Prayer is only there for you to get courage. For God to come to you and say, I give you courage. I'll be with you in every step of the way. Face it. Make your feet moving. Then it will happen. Ezra took that step and said, children of God, we are tired in captivity. We want to go back and restore the temple and go back to the Lord. Let's go. Let's go. They made their feet moving. Action. While on the way, also Ezra made a request through the letter to King Atasexas. And in Ezra chapter 7, you will see the king replying the letter. And the king is saying, the court of Ezra be praised. Amen? Amen. I'll supply all the materials of the temple. And I'll ensure that everyone that will accompany Ezra, should abide by the instructions of Ezra because God of Ezra is true. Everyone that will be instructed of any duty from Ezra, you must do it. And those people whom you will go to meet there, I'll help you to handle them. And the building of the Lord must come into existence. Amen? Amen. Ezra took a step. Ezra took a step. Friends, stop sitting in your comfort zone. Make your feet moving. First, the problem head on. Christianity is all about making deliberate decisions. Embedded DNA. You must have some DNA of Christ in you. Embedded deep, deep, deep down in you, in your inner being. Say that when they are being translated into information that is being that's making you a Christian being, they are expressed vividly. And we can see. Are we together? All the thing you can see in this frame is as a result of the genetic material I inherited from my mom and my dad. 1.8% is what you see now. Whether I'm brown or black, whether I, whatever you see, it is what I inherited. Are we together? There is nothing that came outside somewhere, so there must be that DNA embedded in you that can express the will of God in you. Are we together? It must be done. In a minute, I'm going to explain another biological process on how to impart insight. Don't worry. So the thing is this, deliberate decisions is required in Christianity. Stop cheating yourself. We need to have deliberate decisions to take action. Otherwise, there is nothing that's gonna happen. There is another story in the Bible in the book of Second, First, First Kings chapter 18, you will meet a prophet of the Lord called Elijah. At this point, also the children of Israel are, or the house of Israel is in another special history of their timelines, especially with the relationship between themselves and God. You find at this time that also there is a lot of idolatry that has been infiltrated in the house of Israel. And God is no longer pleased about that thing. Jezebel is here. A lot of Baal prophets are here. People are worshiping Baal. God cannot sit pretty and be happy about that. God has to take action and do something about it. He instructs his prophet Elijah and says, go to the house of the king Ahab and made this announcement. Don't go and use a lot of words. Just go there and say there will be no rain for three years, six months. The moment you have delivered that message, go away. Don't sit down there to acclimatize and make some friendships or do what? Just give the information, go. And that's how Christians should do the work. Give the information, go. Some of us want to socialize a bit, say, oh, I've ever seen you somewhere, you look like a friend who did what. Come on, give the information, go. You are done. The job is done. Go. That's what exactly the prophet of God did. He took action. But remember this, you need to have courage to deliver such kind of an information. Remember, on the way going, everything is bosom. The leaves are green. There are very cute flowers on the way. Every logic, every scientific statistics that you can do will tell you that the message you are carrying is wrong. It is wrong, my brother. You mean there will be no... You are going to announce from today there is no rain. Don't you see? Look outside. How? How? Any kind of data you will have run, the software will say it is... The rain in itself, there is no statistic, it's not statistically significant. But God doesn't want you to move by logic. He wants you to move by what he has said. Amen? You don't have to go and try to make some statistics and say, what is the probability of it happening or not happening? God says, deliver the message this way. Go and deliver it that way. Wait for the Lord to act. Amen. Yeah. So Elijah goes. He says, King, there will be no rain for three years, six months. Go back. It's over. It's over. Now, after the three and a half years are over, you meet Elijah also coming back. The moment Elijah appears before King Hab, King Hab is the first one ready to shout. Anytime you are guilty, you are the first to speak. Amen. Yeah, if you want even to know someone who is guilty, he's the first one to speak. Because always guilt comes with self-defense and self-preservation. Are we together? So you will always have to defend your ugly side. So that, 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 that someone cannot peep through the curtain and see the other side. So you will always be straining so much to ensure that the curtain is at a good condition so that somebody cannot see the other side. So you are the first one to speak. Just like King Harp, saying. Oh, trouble of Israel. Have you come again to announce another drought? Maybe I'm a good session too. Am saying, semi- the first lesson was not enough. <laughs> God, there is another message from God, amen? Yeah, I want to, uh, to say that was, it was a mathematics double lesson. So maybe I want to say the first bit is, is, is done. There is the second bit, the second half, amen? So Elijah was, uh, King Ab was worried. But say again, today, I have a good message. The, the drought is over god is going to bring back rain amen but He will bring it in a supernatural way a special way now for the pearl prophets that are all of us put yourself, your, your, your whatever i'll put mine here and we are going to pray the true god will bring down fire to consume the sacrifice you know the story how it ended are we together in the same First Kings chapter 18, when you read verse 21, prophet Elijah is calling the house of Israel to make decisions, to have courage to make decisions. It says, how long will you falter between two opinions? If God, if the Lord is God, follow him. If the Lord is Baal, for There is no neutral territory here. Some of us like dealing and dallying between gray areas. They just want to be on God's side just in case. They just want to be on the other side just in case. So, somebody doesn't want to show the stand. He just wants to see, oh, well, me simba, unajua, nisasile tu sabbath. But you know, Sai, at least we, we can. we nailewa, nailewa. Are we together? <laughs> they just want to be on gray areas. They don't want to announce their stand, whether they are in God's side or on the other side. Uh, you are an Adventist. Uh, but to see, Charlie, you know, uh, these weekdays, these are weekdays. Amen? These are, week, these are weekdays. You need to understand that. As if Adventism was only on Sabbath. And sadly, that's the truth. Most of us take Adventist as if it's on the Sabbath day only. Adventism is a lifestyle, amen? Amen. It's not an instantaneous event, it's a continuous process. Every day, at the time you are sleeping, at the time you are working on the corridors of this university, and everywhere, even at the point no one is seeing you, Adventism is alive and well at that point, amen? Stop cheating yourself and looking pretty on Sabbath and smiling so much on Sabbath, no. If you you didn't smile to me during the week, I don't care about your smile on Sabbath. It doesn't help me anything. Call to make decisions. Amen? Elijah is calling the house of Israel to make decisions. He's telling, house of Israel, you have always been on gray areas. You just want to behave to look good when you are next to King Ab, that you are praising Baal. But on this other side, you just want to think that you want to still maintain your true worship of God. It is time today to make decision on which God are you going to serve. Amen? Brave man calling for decisions just like Ezra. Another man you meet in the book of Joshua chapter six. The man Joshua himself. Brave man called to make decisions. And you know, <laughs> this was more special. This was at a special time. You know, Children of Israel have been moving from the land of bondage Egypt and they are now almost to the promised land of Canaan. Now at chapter 6, Joshua now has taken over the leadership from Moses and at this place, it is so special in this sense that the children of Israel are facing the last obstacle before they take up the land and the obstacles are the walls of Jericho. Amen. So, you know, children of God, we are so forgetful. We forget so fast. You know, you find here the children of Israel are complaining so much and looking at the walls to be a av- so big obstacle that they cannot inherit the plan that they have already been promised by God. And there is a lot of murmurings within the camp and saying, what is the plan? How are we going to take? The first set of spies were sent to spy the land, but they came up with a terrifying information. They came and say we have spied the land, but this is the information we have. The men we met are giants, and we look like grasshoppers in front of them. Do you think the information was like, hello, Mr. Giant, when you look at me, what do you think we, I look like? And then the giant says, you look like a grasshopper. Do you think that was a good? <laughs> Perception is everything, children of God, amen? Perception is everything. Before you conquer anything, perception matters. Amen? That was about perception. There was no conversation between them and the giants. It's only that somebody look at someone and say, hey, I am a crossover. (laughs) Perception is everything. The second set went and said, yes, there are giants, but we can defeat them. Amen? Perception is everything. Perception is everything. For you to conquer every battle you are facing in your Christian journey, especially you who is an Adventist youth, you are not any other youth. You are an Adventist youth. Always remember that in whenever you are going. Don't joke around like any other person. You are an Adventist youth, my friend. Don't let down the God you have promised to, 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 to serve. Amen? Don't let down him. Make decisions. Have the right perception. The, the hurdles and the obstacles on the way may be big. And sometimes you may look like that you may look at yourself like a grasshopper. But say, Yes, they are big, but I'll conquer them. Amen? Because you are not alone. Jesus promised that he will be with you in every step of the way. Amen? Perception is everything. So this is a special time. This is a special time. So Joshua says it's enough. The elders are just saying, oh, this is practically impossible. But man your forefathers passed through the red sea was that not god was that not god god provided manna at some point god has done a lot of miracles to you there were some fiery serpents and 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 poisonous insects on the way but when they bite you there was something that you could look and all the poisonous things that are gone into your system, furnished. Was that not a miracle? So what is this world? What's, this, what's so much about this world that you are so worried? Then Joseph says, enough. When you look at Joshua chapter 5, verse 13, you find him going somewhere to pray. And while he's praying, he feels the presence of someone. Anytime you close your eyes, you can feel someone next to you, right? Then he feels someone next to him. After finishing the prayer, you know this is a brave man. This is a courageous man. He's not like just any other man. This is a courageous man. So he finishes his prayer, when he opens his eyes, he sees someone like a soldier in front of him with a sword drawn in his hand. If it were you, and especially it was at night, what will you do? (laughs) Just be sincere to the Lord. This is the Sabbath. You already know what you will do, right? But Joshua is amazing. Joshua is amazing. He goes straight to the soldier and asks the soldier, are you for us or on their side, on the enemy's side? How many will have done that? <laughs> Remember even you yourself, you are not armed, but the person you are going to ask has already the arsenal at his hand. And then Joshua goes and says, are you on our side or on the other side? There is no neutral ground here. We are in a battle. Amen? Declare your stand. Are you our enemy or you are among our ranks? We want to go to the battle. Are we together? So make your stand. We want to start a business. This is Joshua. And God requires Joshua's at this time. Amen? God requires Joshua's at this time. Not people who dilly and dally around gray areas. They just want to come here when it's convenient. They just want to run to the other side when it's convenient. No. Whether it is boiling or it is cool and quiet, this side, you should declare the side where you belong. Amen? So the soldier answers and says, I am not on their side, but I have come as the commander of the Lord's host. Amen? This is Jesus himself speaking, because if you look down there, he's telling Joshua, remove your shoes, because where you stand is a holy crown. If you can just connect a few things in your memory, you realize that that is the same experience that Moses was shown in the experience of the burning bush, right? So this angel with a sword drawn, we can conclusively and confidently say that that is Jesus Christ. While Joshua is praying, Jesus has already answered the prayer and he has come to take care of the business. Amen? While the children of Israel who don't have any faith are murmuring and wondering how they are going to bring down the walls, Jesus has come in. He is the one who will take care of the business. Amen? The rest, you will go and read and you will see how God worked for them. That is God. That's who? That is God. That's God, my, my, my brothers and sisters. That is God. The book of Daniel chapter 3, you find another set of courageous men. In fact, in Daniel chapter 1 verse 8, the same word that was used in Ezra 17 is used that Ezra purposed in his heart. He, does, he did what? To purpose, as I said, is to do something deliberately. Amen? You become very deliberate in what you are, say, you are doing. Say that if you have decided that this is the direction you are going, and somebody meets you on the way and convince you otherwise that that's the wrong direction, you will still remain true to that and say, that's what I have purposed. I have to go. Amen? That is purposing, making deliberate decisions. And until you make deliberate decisions in your Christianity, friends, nothing is going to happen. Nothing. We'll be just coming here, dressing good, singing, finishing, going, doing our own things. The week ends, we come here, sing, look good, go back, do our own things, come back. That's it. Until we make what? deliberate decisions until we purpose in our hearts nothing is going to happen so in the book of daniel chapter 1 verse 8 you will find the same word that and daniel purposed in his heart that he is not going to defile himself with the king's delicacies purpose doing what purposing in his heart a deliberate decision a deliberate decision in verse 3 you will find his friends have refused to bow down to the image that the king has erected in the plain of Dura. They have refused, and they have now been brought to the king. Then the king gives the conditions. But while the young men are listening, I imagine even someone, one of them was laughing and saying, and then one intercepts and saying, king, stop troubling yourself giving us all these things. We have no... We don't have to answer you in this matter. We don't have to do what? For the God whom we serve is able to do what? To deliver us. But if not, that's even the powerful thing. But if not, let it be known to you, O King Nebuchadnezzar, we are not going to serve your God. Courage to make decisions. DNA of courage. DNA of courage. The guys have it. They are making a deliberate what? Decision. That whether we are going to die today or God is going to deliver us, one thing is certain, we are not going to serve your gods. At least that is what I can assure, assure you as a king. I can die, but God even also still can save me. But one thing that I'm sure that I can tell you now, that is certain, I'm not going to bow down. That's what I can deliver to you. DNA of courage there is a DNA, there is a genetic material that was inside the systems of these guys that could express courage that can be seen. Amen? Deliberate decisions. That is the Christianity that God is calling to the his last day church. Amen? Sometimes, we take these things for granted. Serving God is not as easy, it is not as simple as some of us may want to think. It is turbulent. It is noisy. It is messy. Sometimes it ends up having casualties in the process. But one thing should be certain, that come rain, come sunshine, we are going to serve the Lord. That's the decisions that God is calling us to make you are an Adventist youth, my brother. Let me repeat it for the second time. An Adventist youth is not like any other youth. These are youth that God has called for a special purpose. Amen? There is a, some special responsibilities that God has placed in you that you have to accomplish. But some of us just want to be like all those other youths that we meet during the weekday. We just want to think that it is cool and quiet everything is good it is nice we don't seem to be alarmed even by the environment where we are living in some the very same things that the world is struggling with are the very same things that we are struggling with as you you Adventist youth also that clearly shows us that we have forgotten the mission that God has entrusted us because we should be way above that we should be up to the game that we accepted to protect. So friends, after looking at these four examples of brave men in the Bible, somebody may be asking today, how can I have this DNA of courage that these men have shown? How can I have it? Now let me demonstrate the last biological process that will help us understand this. In molecular biology, there is what something that's called recombinant DNA technology. Don't worry with the words. I'll just explain them. Amen? It's called recombinant DNA de- technology. In recombinant DNA technology, what you are trying to do is maybe you have a certain organism and the organism is facing a challenge. For example, I know most of us have ever had have you heard of what is called PT maze, biotechnology maze. Biotechnology maze and sometimes they have been engineered in a way that they can grow with less water. They produce very huge corpses, and also there is this uh, 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 kind of a worm, it's called European stock pora, that normally destroys maize plants. There are some, some kind of proteins that a plant produces that when European stock pora tries to penetrate in, it is killed. Are we together? It's poisonous to the worm. Are we together? So in itself, the scientists looked at the challenges that maize plants face, and they engineered some kind of the inbuilt mechanism in the maize that can help him to sustain the harsh environment it lives. Are we together? So that's essentially what happens during recombinant DNA technology. You see maybe a certain organism, and you want that organism to overcome a certain discomfort or stress, so you try to introduce some foreign DNA inside it, say that when that DNA is expressed in that organism, it is able to overcome that challenge. Are we together? So that's what it essentially means. So for us also, as for us to have that courage from God, for us to demonstrate that courage, there is a recombinant DNA technology that has to be done in us in a Christian way. Say so that we, we, that DNA of courage is implanted in us. And when it is implanted in us, it can be expressed in us. Not because it was ours, but it is because Jesus came and implanted in our DNA. Say so that when other things are being expressed in our life, that DNA also is being expressed. Amen? Paul is saying in the book of Romans that there is sin in my members and my body is not inclined to do anything good. Anything that my body wants to do is that which is inclined to, see, to sin. It means we in ourselves cannot do anything good by our own. Are we together? It means also the courage that these guys are showing, that it was not of their own. Are we together? There must be some foreign DNA material that God gave them that belonged to God that was implanted in them in a foreign way. And then that DNA was expressed as courage in them. Are we together? That is exactly what happens, needs to happen in our lives. That recombinant DNA technology has to happen in our lives for us to demonstrate that DNA. Otherwise, within ourselves, we cannot do it. We are cowards. Do you know that? We are so cowardice in our lives. But for us to have that courage of making those decisions, God has to come in. God has to implant that DNA inside us. so that when it is being expressed with our human form, that courageous aspect of our life is also demonstrated. Amen? It's until you give yourself to God. It's until you allow God to implant that. Nothing is going to happen. You need to take a step. You need to take a step. Otherwise, it will be this comfort zone. I call it comfort Christian club zone. Where we comfort ourselves of how sinful we are. Amen? We we are so sinful. And you know we need to continue in this scene because in ourselves we cannot do anything, you know? We can't do. We can't do what? Yani, you deliberately accept that you are weak and you refuse to say you can never be made to be strong. What's wrong? Why do you want to adamantly believe that your state can never be improved, really? And there is no remedy your Christian challenges really while Jesus is there don't you if Joshua even after the assurance of the commander was to go back behaving in a faithless way and yield to the theories of the elders that were telling them that the strategy that the commander you are alluding that he gave you while you are praying are not functional because think of it The commander is telling Joshua that you will just be going round, marching round the walls for seven days. On the seventh day, instruct the congregation to shout, and the walls are going to fall down. How many reasonable people here will believe that plan? How many? Especially we scientists. We scientists have a big problem. Because everything we do, it must be based on evidence. Amen? Even anytime you are trying to convince someone, will tell you, show me, which experiment did you do to assume that this thing is functional this way? So you find that the more you study, the more you become faithless, amen? Because always you want evidence. You want what? You want evidence and you want empirical evidence. You know there is the difference between evidence and empirical evidence. What's the difference? Empirical evidence is that one that you can demonstrate. Are we together? That I did this, and these others a huh? That's empirical. So that's the problem sometimes with those who do science. They always want empirical. Eh? That's why you find all atheists are huh? scientists. They want empirical evidence to prove that there is God. So even the elders told Joshua, we need empirical evidence. You are telling us just go marching round. What if the enemies who are giants, as they have been said by the spies, come while we are just marching without any armament? <laughs> what will we do, Joshua? You, you, need, you need to go beyond that. Just, just go. Really demonstrate to us, amen? We need evidence. we are just going to march round. And you are saying what? Can you repeat it? Did you say the, the walls will fall? Yeah? Just marching around the walls, they are going to fall. Uh, I have lived now for 70 years. You see these beards which are white here. This experience, this what? These are these are sign of what? These are sign of experience. Joshua, young man, this thing has never happened in my lifetime. Amen. So, maybe you can go and engage your your commander for the second time to give you a more realistic plan. Amen. Otherwise, that one, statistically, the level of probability (laughs) is almost zero. It's almost what? It's next to zero. It's next to what? It cannot happen. It cannot do what? It cannot happen. Deliberate decisions. Deliberate what? Joshua said, elders, you may be experienced. More than me. You may have seen more than what I have seen. But that's what I heard from the commander. And we have no option but to do as per what the commander said. Now imagine the first day. Going through the walls, marching, 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 marching. Evening comes, you go back to the tents. Uh, <laughs> it was just a good day. It was a good <laughs> it was a good day. We marched. The following day it comes. Joshua assembles you. We are going back. Is there any additional strategy about from marching the way we did yesterday? <laughs> no, it's just the same plan. Hi, <laughs> hey, Joshua. Una Una You are just making us to suffer for nothing. Anyway, let's go. March, march, march. Even it comes, we come for supper. Amen. We are coming from ma uh, marching around the walls. And in fact, any any reasonable person. You expect that even after merging the first day, <laughs> yeah? there should be a, a, a small crack, right? Say so that you have some faith that tomorrow there will be another crack, right? Yes, that's how you can think. Yes, there should be a small crack. Just to give you hope and strength to come and my tomorrow. Amen? But there is no crack. You just even ding, ding, ding. It's intact. It's still intact. It's as if there is nothing happened. On the sixth day, you say, maybe God decided that uh, (laughs) he will do it on the sixth day, amen? Uh, The first five days, ah, there's no problem. Uh, This is the sixth day. This is what? The sixth day. There is something that's going to happen today. So we go, we go, we go. Remember the instruction from Joshua is, when you march, march silently. Joshua 6.10. When you march, march silently. I I give a signal for shouting, Amen? So they are marching, they are marching, they are marching, hey, Joshua is a shout because the shouting in itself is a signal of the walls will fall down, amen, hey, but you can imagine even maybe they were marching this way and then hey, you have been doing it the whole day, how, how does the knees feel? And this is day six, Vincent. This is day six. Some of you even the following day on day seven, ah, Joshua, you're a Leo, today you are going to march yourself. You are going alone. Today you are going what? You are going alone. I'm tired. I've been doing it for six days. And the walls are still intact. There is nothing happening. But on the seventh day, they went. They started marching. In fact, it is said that the energy that they went with on the seventh day was so extraordinary that it was not seen in the last six days. And in fact, they are saying you could feel the thump of their feet touching the ground on a very serious manner. And he's saying that, while you are marching, you could hear the sounds of the feet, not only your feet, but everyone else who is marching. Not only that, but you could even hear a strange being marching next to you on a certain feet. You cannot even see that being, but you will hear some feet stepping on the ground seriously next to you. Those were angels marching with them on the seventh day. The angels have come today. They want to do the business. Amen? And when Joshua gave the instruction, what happened? What happened? The walls came down. The walls came down. Courage to make decisions courage to take action courage to take the word of god by your heart and you make your feet moving you make your hands moving you make your heart moving you will see the results you will see what you will see the results but all of us who want scientific evidence continue sitting down amen continue in your comfort zones there will be nothing you will be seeing even a small thing that will come your way. And some of us will say, oh, the Lord has forsaken me. The Lord has done what? It is because you never turned your faith into action. You are never courageous enough to show that God can do something by taking his word to be true in your life. Amen? So, children of God, our prayer today is this one. That God to implant in us this DNA of courage. Say that when it is implanted on us, it can be expressed in action. And we, as children of God, we can show all that courage to be ready to face our problems head on. And we are going to overcome them because God promised that he will be with us in every step of the way. Amen? Amen. We need to have that courage. We have no other option, children of God but to show that courage in our lives. We have no other option but to demonstrate that courage. That is how the other people who are outside there, that's how our fellow youth who are not Adventists can believe in the God of Adventism. By showing that courage and by taking those steps, we will be able to show the others that the God whom we serve is able to bring results on the table. Amen? Always be thinking of that. First of all, know that you are not an ordinary youth. You are a youth whom has been instructed by God to be his agent on earth. Now, remember this. I mean, remember this, that in the book of Testimonies, Volume 7, page 107, I am finishing. Those who are coming, the pulpit team can be coming. Testimonies, 1.7. Testimonies volume seven, page 107. It says that Adventists have been cut from the quarry of the world and has been made to be God's special people. They have been entrusted with solemn messages that need to be proclaimed as a last warning to the perishing world. So people who have been entrusted with that message need to show courage and demonstrate that message to the world. Amen? Otherwise, it's not going to happen. Most of us, we just want to behave that we are just like all those people in the world. But the more we resemble those people in the world, the more that special message which has been entrusted with us, which is essentially the three angels' messages, it will never move because we are in our comfort zones, and we always want to look like the world. It is time to come out of the comfort zone. We demonstrate that the Jesus whom we are, uh, are worshipping can take action. And by taking the action, we can demonstrate by doing as he commands. And by so doing, the results will automatically come. Amen? Yes. There is no other option but to do it that way. Stop questioning the methodology. It is God who instructed it. Amen? Yes. Sometimes it may not seem to be making sense. But don't worry, it is God who said it, amen? As long as it is God who said it, it must be right. It must be what? It must be right. Trust it, keep your feet moving, and you will always see your results your way. And that's the best way that we'll turn around the world. Otherwise, in our comfort zones, there is nothing that will happen. The last point that I begin with is the last point that I'm going to end up with. Our Christianity and our prayer will not do anything When we, by the time we are saying amen, should be the very time we are making our feet moving in the direction of what we have prayed for. Amen? Prayer is not, doesn't replace duty. Prayer doesn't exempt duty. Prayer is to give you courage to do it. Amen? Sometimes you pray and say, God, I want you to help me say that I become a Christian, a real Christian, and I overcome all these challenges that are coming. After saying amen, what God demands from you is taking that deliberate decision of avoiding those things that you have prayed for. Amen? But all of us, most of the time, we say amen, and we go back to the same territory. We allow invitations at night for supper, and you expect the spirit to do what, really? (laughs) You expect the spirit to do what? to come with a bulldozer to eject you from that room. <laughs> you will still fail, I assure you. You will still fail, my friend. Action, what? Action. Action. Sometimes we even blame the devil on some things that the devil was never responsible for. <laughs> uh, some things the devil was never responsible for. It, is, it has everything to do with our own decis- decisions and miscalculations. So. Let's avoid those tempting things that tempts us by taking action of avoiding them. Amen? And God will always show results on our side. God bless you in a special way.